the Titans, the Mount Rushmore players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Hello, everyone. This is Josh Butts, and you're listening to No Butts About It. We're uh, working on getting a soundboard to kind of maybe get some sound effects going that will uh, lighten the mood a little bit for this show. It is a beautiful fall night, kind of. It's about 4.30 p.m. The sun's starting to set here in Steubenville, Ohio. And, uh... We've got some football to talk about. Monday Night Football starts at 8-ish, 8.30-ish, 8.15. I forget the time. Football games start at weird times, too, these days. I don't know why. But um, we've got the Saints and the Ravens to talk about. That's going to be an interesting game. Two teams fighting for position in their respective divisions. And uh, we also have to break down the games that happened yesterday. We had a lot happen yesterday. Lots of uh, surprises that people didn't really expect. So, um, we're gonna, but first, we've got to talk about some breaking news. Some things came into development around uh, 1 o'clock today. And uh, that is the big story. Frank Reich is out as the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, a lot of people saw this kind of coming for a while. He hasn't had a ton of success as the head coach. He's had gone through, I think, eight, seven or eight quarterbacks now uh, in his tenure as the Indianapolis Colts head coach, which I believe started in 2018. So he had Andrew Luck for about one season, but think about every quarterback that he has had since then. Not a great run, and uh, his record as head coach for the Indianapolis Colts is 40 wins, 33 losses, and one tie, which he got in week one of this season. Not impressive. Um, They've decided to move on as head coach, and he was plagued by that quarterback carousel, as we talked about. I honestly don't think that the Indianapolis Colts are going to be able to figure out their head coaching situation until they figure out who their quarterback is. Are they going to run with Sam Ellinger? This answers this asks a whole bunch of questions now. Like we've benched Matt Ryan, Frank Reich benched Matt Ryan. Sammy was supposed to be the coach for the or the quarterback for the rest of the season according to Frank Reich, but Frank Reich's out the door now. Like, he's been told to clear his office. So now my question is, is Sam Ellinger going to be the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts going forward still? 
under this new coach, which is Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday was a lineman for the Indianapolis Colts with uh, Peyton Manning when he was there. Phenomenal team, phenomenal O-line, phenomenal player. Jeff Saturday is a great player. Uh, he's most, not most famous, but I think the video that he is uh, probably most well known for is his video where he was telling, yelling at Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning screaming back at him. And they're talking about how Jeff needs to stop calling the plays and that's Peyton's job and he'll call the plays. So if you want to go to laugh, look that up. Uh, you probably type in like Jeff Saturday, Peyton Manning yelling at each other and it'll pop up, but they kind of searched in house We've already got Reggie Wayne as wide receiver coach. Jeff Saturday from that same team is now the head coach. So they've already got that chemistry on the coaching staff, which is great. Um, but will it pan out on the team? Going back to Sam Ellinger, though, I don't I haven't seen anything that says he's going to be the quarterback. Are they going to bring Matt Ryan back? Is Nick Foles going to get a shot? Sam Ellinger played better or Mobile wise, he's more mobile than Matt Ryan, but he doesn't necessarily throw better than Matt Ryan. And he's young, so he obviously doesn't have the knowledge that Matt Ryan has. This could create an issue for the Indianapolis receivers when they go to play teams, and every other week their quarterback is different. It's like one week it's Sam Ellinger, the next week it's Matt Ryan. We randomly throw Nick Foles in there because why not? Um, not saying that's going to happen, but it could happen. Maybe Chris Ballard's making a push for the Chris Ballard is the Colts GM. He's making a push for Matt Ryan, the guy that he brought in to be the quarterback again. Since they're paying him all this money, might as well. But I just don't think that the coach is the primary issue. I'm not saying Frank Reich is great coach at all uh, I think he made some play calling issues he's not the worst coach in the NFL or wasn't the worst coach in the NFL um, but his play calling was very questionable at times especially when you have Jonathan Taylor and he's one of the best running backs in the NFL and you're hardly even using him for some reason that nobody really seems to understand so You've got that issue. You've got Matt Ryan, who seemingly forgot how to hold on to the ball. And that's an issue. Your O-line has kind of crumbled, going back to Andrew Luck era of bad, where Quentin Nelson is kind of trying to do all the heavy lifting by himself. This is just a bad situation for the Indianapolis Colts to be in. We haven't really seen a team this bad since Peyton Manning left, I think. I mean, even with Andrew Luck on the team yeah like there were those years where they struggled especially when Andrew got hurt but this there we went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck it was a good Indianapolis team talented players you had T.Y. Hilton we don't have that we don't have that um, right now what we are experiencing is just bad football being played and we're watching the GM in Chris Ballard try to desperately find a quarterback for the head coach to work with. Now we're having a different head coach. Just, I 
would hate to be a player in Indianapolis right now because you have no idea what you're going to be working with week in and week out because everything's changing right in front of you. Not a great situation, but uh, we'll follow that closely because I do like Indianapolis. I'm from Indiana, so, you know, going to follow them anyway. Grew up watching them. Grew up watching Jeff Saturday, so we'll see how he does as a head coach. Um, other news is Xavier McKinney, safety for the Giants, broke his hand. How, you might ask? The New York Giants were on bye this week. They did not play, except for in my friend's mind. One of my friends uh, asked me on Sunday who I thought was going to win the 49ers-Giants game, and both of them were on bye, so I was really confused, and he was dead serious, so... Anyway, um, he broke his hand in an ATV accident during the bye week, so not not great for uh, Giants fans. I, I imagine Giants fans are just saying at least it wasn't Saquon. That's kind of what they're holding on to. But, I mean, Giants defense, you want your safeties to be good, especially in that NFC East with uh, guys like McLaren and C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. In your division, you need some extra coverage on the wide receivers. Having those safeties, having good safeties, is very important. But Xavier McKinney will likely be out for a bit with that broken hand that he suffered while the Giants were on by. Let's move on into the Sunday breakdown. Joe Mixon, Cincinnati Bengal, who I... I don't know that I ever said it on the show, but I had said it like in personal conversations with people where I was like, I am not sure Joe Mixon is going to get re-signed. I'm not even sure that I want Joe Mixon to get re-signed because he just was not producing. He was at like something super low per carry. He was like 2.5 yards per carry or something ridiculously low like that. Granted, the Bengals O-line has been horrible. It just has seemed like Joe Mixon hasn't been able to get the light going this year, and that's been affecting the passing game because you don't have a good rushing game. Then the team or the defense doesn't respect your rushing game, then they're not going to defend it as much. They're just going to defend the passing game, and the Bengals have a phenomenal passing game, so you need to focus on that anyway. But Mixon, he, he proved me wrong. Like, this was the week where I was like, I am done with Joe Mixon. I'm tired of him. I'm going to give you one more week, Joe, on my fantasy team. And thank you, Joe, for proving me wrong. He had five touchdowns yesterday against the Carolina Panthers. For context, he has eight touchdowns this season, including yesterday. So he had five touchdowns yesterday of eight. So over half of his touchdowns this season came yesterday. He had one receiving touchdown, four rushing, phenomenal fantasy day. He had 55 total fantasy points, I believe. So if you bench Joe Mixon, I'm sorry. I actually am not really because I didn't tell you to. But Joe Mixon had a great, great day yesterday. Kind of uh, made me rethink what I was saying about him. I know that it was against the Carolina Panthers, which isn't exactly a hard team to beat but they did beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so like they're kind of this weird team that can beat some teams and not beat bad ones they also uh I mean 
I don't know what happened really yesterday. The O-line looked good. Mixon looked good. If we can carry that, we're going into our bye week next week. If we can carry that into the back half of the season, Cincinnati Bengals might be an issue again. If Joe Mixon gets this going, if he can be a top five rusher again, he's scoring touchdowns, be that powerhouse that we need him to be. If we can get Jamar Chase back, woo, we we get Cheeto, uh, Wuzier, and uh, – uh, Mike Hilton, who's just got a finger injury. Mike Hilton should be back soon. Cheeto's on IR, but uh, Mike Hilton, get him back. Get Cheeto back eventually. Get Jamar Chase back. We're going to be a powerhouse. And uh, you know what they say. Like You just need to play well enough near the beginning of the season to uh, get into the playoffs. But if you get hot, you get hot at the right time near the end of the season, going into the playoffs, that's when, uh, that's when you do some damage. And... Maybe that's what we're seeing the Bengals do here. See if they get hot. Um, moving on from the Bengals game. Moving on from Joe Mixon. Joe, do not let me down. I'm hyping you up, man. If you're listening, if you heard, and that's what hyped you up, thank you. But please carry that into the rest of the season. Anyway, Jets upset the Bills 20-17. to And everyone last week after the Jets lost to the Patriots, it was like, well, the Bills are obviously going to beat the Jets because Patriots are a far worse team than the Bills are. Bills are the best team in the AFC. But uh, Jets said, uh, hey, 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 hang on, hang on. Yeah, we lost the Patriots, but this is a new week. This is a new us. Tyler Conklin said it came out and said, the tight end, he came out and he said, this is a new Jets team. He said, uh, I've played on a few other teams before. I love this fan base. I love New York. I'm coming over here, and we're going to win some games. We're going to win some football. I know you're not used to that, New York. But uh, the Giants and the Jets both decided they are the new uh, teams to beat. I still don't understand the Giants, but this Jets team is going to be an issue. If Zach Wilson figures out what's going on, he's only in his second year. Give him some time. He's shown some some, uh, potential. But uh, we got C.J. Uzoma. We got Tyler Conklin at tight end. Two phenomenal tight ends. We got uh, we got some uh, Garrett Wilson playing uh, wide receiver one. He's playing phenomenal. We brought in James Robinson to replace Brees Hall. Our run game's still strong. These Jets are not going anywhere. They are going to be fighting for a wild card spot in the AFC. Guarantee it. Bills. They're going to probably win the division, but the Jets aren't going to make it easy on them. And uh, Josh Allen did have something to say about uh, his play. And we talked about Josh Allen last week and his how he was telling Zach Wilson, like, hey, like, be patient with yourself. It's hard. I get it. I've been there. But look at me now type thing. Well, now Josh Allen is saying it's tough to win in this league. We're playing a good team here. And it's hard to win when your quarterback plays like shit. Now, Josh Allen is a great quarterback. Like, no one's, I don't know anyone who would ever doubt that. Josh Allen is easily a top five quarterback in the league as far as um, pass and rushing weaponry. He is a giant of a man, he is mobile, he's hard to take down. Um, I'm generally not a huge fan of quarterbacks running out of the pocket all the time. I do wish the uh, 
Bills had more of a run game so that Josh Allen didn't have to be that guy all the time so that he can protect himself and his body and be there for his team. But that being said, he's still a threat. Yesterday, he had no touchdowns. He had two interceptions. Not a great uh, game. His passer rating was 46.8. And to give you some context to that, his next lowest passer rating is 68.4 against the Ravens on October 2nd. So uh, not a great show... Not a great outing for uh, Josh Allen, but I appreciate that he took responsibility for what happened here. He didn't try to blame play calling, blame his receivers. He's just saying, nope, it was on me. And that's the way it goes in this league. You win some, you lose some. I'm going to be back. I'm not giving up on myself, and I'm not giving up on my team. So uh, kudos to Josh Allen for giving credit to this Jets team, which he admits is a good team. I think they're a good team. I think they're kind of overlooked. I think that I still have potential to have the offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year on the same team in Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. But we'll see. Moving on to Sunday night football. Titans Chiefs. And this was a matchup that... I completely forgot what the story was here on Thursday or Friday's show, but then I remembered it Saturday, forgot it. I was going to post something, forgot to post it. And then on Sunday night, like while I was watching the pre game show, I was like, oh shoot. Yes, of course. The Titans are the team that like embarrassed the chiefs a few years ago when they played and like destroyed them. Mike Vrabel has just had the Kansas City Chiefs number somehow. Mike Vrabel is like this intense man of a coach for the Tennessee Titans. He's like, he played in the league. He is like just a meathead giant man, but he's like super smart as well. His football IQ is insane. You can see it in the way that he like just analyze. You can see it in his eyes when they like show him on the sideline, just watching the plays. He's, like, analyzing everything very quickly. Very good coach. Andy Reid, phenomenal coach as well. Both will probably – Andy Reid, I think, is definitely going to be in the Hall of Fame for coaching. Mike Vrabel, I think, if his career continues on the trajectory that it's on, will also be in the Hall of Fame as a coach because he is doing so well with so little he's coach of the year uh from last season chiefs overtime went into overtime uh that game be which going into the game i was like okay the chiefs had better win this because my uh ryan Tannehill's not even in ryan Tannehill hurt his ankle again in warm-ups and so they had to put in malik willis who if you go back and look at the draft shows i did I was like, I don't think Malik Willis is really that good. But everyone on ESPN was saying, like, he's a first-rounder. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe they know something that I don't because they have better sources than me. They have more experience in doing this. I just wasn't really, like, he was mobile. He had a decent arm, but, like, he he didn't really impress me that much. He ended up going in the third round. um, And it was a pretty chippy game. 
there was some fighting, some pushing around because like these two teams kind of hate each other now. Uh, Malik Willis just was not the move though. Uh, the Chiefs defense had his number, especially on like the final two drives that the Titans did. Chiefs defense just pushed him back. They're just like, we're not even going to give you a chance to run this through Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry was doing pretty well. Malik Willis was not. Might as well just shut down Malik Willis, then cover Derrick Henry. That's what they did. Chiefs ended up winning. Chiefs put together a fantastic final drive to get the field goal. Um, what else did we witness? Just... <laughs> just watching the IQs of Vrabel and Andy Reid just go at each other last night was just super entertaining. And watching Travis Kelsey, we were talking about this in a uh, Discord server chat thing that I'm in. And we are like, Travis Kelsey might be the number one receiver in the NFL because the definition that the people in this conversation gave was like best at run blocking best at catching best at red zone receptions and something like that i was like well he's not a wide receiver but travis kelsey's phenomenal at run blocking he's basically acts as a wide receiver for the chiefs he's basically an extra wide receiver for the chiefs he's great in the red zone and he last night just kind of like increased my belief of that he was phenomenal for them. He was making catches. There was one catch, like, he ran past it, Pat threw it, he was getting hit while he threw it, and he, like, reached back, like, six feet to grab the ball and come down with it. That's a wide, That's not a catch that a lot of tight ends make. That's a catch that a wide receiver is expected to make. And even then, it's like, okay, the quarterback should have placed it better. Travis Kelsey, he's making a case for... Greatest tight end of all time. I think right now it's uh, Tony Gonzalez and Rob Gronkowski who are in that conversation primarily. Um, Rob Gronkowski had some health issues throughout his career. Travis Kelsey hasn't really had to deal with that too much so far. And uh, hopefully he doesn't have to because he's just so fun to watch and we don't want to watch him get hurt. I... Want to see more Travis Kelsey. I want to see what he can do. And I want to see if he can get into that conversation. We are going to go over 30 minutes today. I am so sorry. Actually, I'm not because this is fun. Uh, anyway, yeah, Travis Kelsey, if his career continues on this trajectory, Hall of Famer might be the greatest tight end of all time. So if you want to watch fun football, go watch the Chiefs and watch Travis Kelsey play. He's number 87. He's the guy that is, he's the giant man who's making insane catches. Lions beat the Packers yesterday. And I said this was going to be a close game. It was a close game. It was low scoring. I believe 9 to 15 was the score. And the Lions just, uh, they, they said, yeah, we're the worst uh, defense in the NFL, but uh, your offense is not that great either. Romeo Dobbs got injured, rookie wide receiver, got injured again. That's kind of the thing that I've, I've been kind of alluding towards with Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't really had a great wide receiving core, and everyone's like, well, Lazard, Alan Lazard. I'm like, okay, yes, Alan Lazard. But 
Like, people want to make excuses for Brady, and Brady has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and all two better wide receivers than Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard is very talented. He's a very talented receiver, not a wide receiver one. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, he just, like, just hasn't looked like he's having fun anymore. He doesn't look like he's enjoying playing the game as much anymore. And losing to the Lions, I'm sure, just kind of, ugh. I mean, he's been dominant in the North, the NFC North, for so long, especially over the Lions. And to lose to them, I bet that hurt. And the Lions, I think, are on the upswing. I mean, they don't really have anywhere else to go but up. But having losing TJ Hawkinson to Vikings definitely hurt them a little bit. But they didn't seem to really have too big of an issue with it. They went out and they played the game that they needed to play and they won. So uh, we'll see if Aaron Rodgers ends up retiring it's the end of an era, man. Like a lot of these quarterbacks that grew up watching, grew up watching Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers. I was four when Aaron Rodgers was drafted. Um, Tom Brady. I wasn't even born when Tom Brady was drafted. Uh, Drew Brees retired a few years ago. Peyton Manning retired a few years ago. Just end of an era uh, for these guys, these quarterbacks that have been a part of my childhood and so many other people's childhoods. And to kind of see your heroes fall in this manner is sad because you want to see them succeed. You always want them to be the heroes that you enjoyed watching. But we get to have this new era of humans come in to the NFL, such as Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and they're going to create even more stories. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's telling the stories, um, working to find those stories, working to find the drama of the NFL. And watching Aaron Rodgers kind of go from being on top of the NFC North, running around the stadium last season in Chicago, yelling, I own you to the Chicago Bears fans, to now where it's like, does he anymore? Like, does he even want to be here? Does he want to play this game? He seems, he's. it's not the guy. Like, even if you're not a Packers fan, even if you're not an Aaron Rodgers fan, it's like, this isn't him. This isn't the guy that we've watched so much. So, yeah. It's the end of an era, but we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers. They're re- I think they're rebuilding, though. Um, moving on. That, that got really sad for some reason. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for it to be that sad. But uh, let's move on to Monday Night Football. We have the Saints and the Ravens. So you might be thinking, There is nothing here, nothing to find. But alas, I found a story that we can follow and look towards. The Saints and the Ravens. Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback tonight for the New Orleans Saints. Andy Dalton had played most of his career for the Cincinnati Bengals, where he 
was obviously in the same division as the Baltimore Ravens. So Andy Dalton has played the Ravens 18 times coming into tonight. He is 8-10, and 10, and he, uh, I didn't look to see how many times he's played Lamar Jackson, but not that many. He was mainly against Joe Flacco. But uh, we got Andy Dalton, starting quarterback. He he knows Harbaugh, the head coach for the Ravens. He knows that call, play calling style. He knows uh, what he's to expect defensively. I'd assume from Harbaugh. Um, uh, but that's not all. We've got Michael Thomas out. He's done. He's donezo, possibly for the season, likely for the season. Haven't seen him play in a while. But we also have uh, another guy who uh, people have been talking about. Who's I've heard some people say he already is the offensive rookie of the year. I think that's a little extensive, but they're like, Brees Hall's injured, give it to Chris Olave. I still think Garrett Wilson could make a run for it, but Chris Olave is expected to step up in Michael Thomas's place. Could be a big game for him. He's not going to be splitting... Um, these uh, receptions with Michael Thomas. Jarvis Landry's questionable, so probably if Landry plays, going to want to keep his snap count kind of lower to make sure he doesn't re-aggravate anything. Chris Olave comes in, fights for Rookie of the Year contention. If the Saints win tonight, it would tie them with the Buccaneers and the Falcons for first place in the NFC South. This division is so bad that this team would have a losing record and still be tied for first in the division. Not a single team in the NFC South has a winning record. And this is the division that Tom Brady is in. Like, let's remember that. Let's not forget that. On the Ravens' side of the ball, Lamar Jackson, he just, he hasn't been impressing me much. He hasn't been impressing me much since Cincinnati Bengals, Sunday Night Football. Um... He, he's been off. He's been, done enough to win at times, which, I mean, I guess that's all you can really ask for. But it's not the type of football that I've come to expect from Lamar Jackson. Um, so we'll have to see if he can impress tonight with the uh, injuries that he has, with, such as uh, Mark Andrews is out, the tight end, who has taken a taken kind of a key position in the Ravens' offense. He's a key receiver. He's a phenomenal blocker for Baltimore. And uh, they're going to be playing against a defense for the New Orleans Saints that has kind of gone overlooked, but I think they're a fairly decent competitor. And they're going to not make Lamar Jackson's life fun, especially since he doesn't have his favorite target in Mark Andrews. Still has Devin Duvernay out there. Um, so we'll see what they can put together. What I think we are going to ultimately need to see here tonight is Lamar to step up. And he doesn't really have a run game because Gus Edwards is out. J.K. Dobbins is, or Gus Edwards was doubtful, so I'm just going to assume he's out. J.K. Dobbins is out. Kenyon Drake is the next guy up, so maybe you can make something work there. But that passing game is going to have to become dominant or else that defense is just going to run contain all day on Lamar Jackson make sure he can't leave the pocket and the Saints are just going to have some fun on defense making Lamar Jackson's life hell 
But uh, we'll see. It's Monday Night Football. Crazy things happen. If the Ravens win, this would increase their lead for first in the north over the Bengals. Loss ties them with the Bengals for first in the NFC or the AFC North. So, um, big game tonight. It's got some uh, implications. We've got some history here with Andy Dalton versus the Ravens. We'll see if uh, Andy Dalton is able to beat one of his longstanding rivals. Chris Olave, I'm going to be watching him. I want to see if this guy is really everything he's being hyped up to be. Because I've watched a little bit of him. I haven't completely ignored him. But, like, I apparently have not seen the parts where we should just be handing him the Rookie of the Year um, trophy already over Garrett Wilson. I, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, that's all I have for today's show. So it's time to go into my spiel. If you enjoyed today's show, if you learned anything from today's show, I would appreciate it if you gave me a follow on Instagram, nobuts underscore show, or on uh, Twitter, josh underscore butts underscore 2001. Yes, I made it in middle school. Please do not judge me. Also, on uh, email, if you have any questions, want to learn anything, want me to talk about anything, just uh, shoot us an email at bullmoosepodcast.com then the number two at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening to the show. Please share it, like, follow, subscribe, do all the things, and I'll see you for our next episode. Until then, everyone be nice to one another and go do something nice for someone.